accusés d'un vol qu'ils n'ont pas commis, n'ayant aucun moyen d'en faire la preuve, ils fuient sans cesse devant leurs poursuivants. Pour subsister, ils emploient leurs compétences. Quand la loi ne peut plus rien pour vous, il vous reste un recours, un seul, l'agence Tourisque. Gentlemen, you've heard the French, and now it's time for the English. It is time for the Rogue Opinions podcast once again, and the A-Team is here in full effect. Uh, we are here to review, obviously, the Royal Rumble was this past Sunday. Uh, lots of goings on. A pretty decent show, uh, by all accounts. Uh, maybe maybe the one of the best, uh, better Royal Rumbles in recent memory, as far as a full card goes. But we're going to get into all of that and more. And I say that we're in full effect because... Me, Jimmy Riot, or Jimmy Baxter. What am I doing today? Am I on a podcast or am I in character? I don't even remember anymore, ladies and gentlemen, because it's been a year of COVID and time means nothing. Anyway, Jimmy Baxter here with Nathan Greenaway, of all people. Nathan. Hello. I enjoyed your breakdown uh, mid-intro there. Uh, yeah, I lost the plot real heavy. <laughs> Speaking of losing the plot, man, the man who polishes the scepter once or twice or three times every single podcast, it is Scott Cloud. <laughs> I don't even have a comeback to that. <laughs> Ooh, comeback! Ooh, I like it. Jeez, like Kim Kardashian, you know, because she had <laughs> on her. Be- I don't know. Chris Pratt made it funny. I I, I do the thing. I was thinking the other day, like it was weird to have Nathan and I show talking about current WWE, and if I'm remembering correctly, I think the last time the three of us were talking about something current in WWE, I think is when we we're all just shitting on how shit the draft was. Oh yeah. Wow, time really is God, flat circle. I don't remember that at all. I mean, there's one port, piece of, of current information about WWE that Nathan was not aware of, and I enjoyed filling him in, but we'll get to that when we come to it. Ooh. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, you know, the Rumble was, you know, pretty big uh, event, as always, but it actually really delivered. Uh, speaking overall, Nathan, you haven't really been watching the product too much. Um since nope. when when did you fall off uh we did a hell in a cell podcast and i didn't watch a minute of wwe or any wrestling since or made any attempt to keep up with it okay so for someone who hasn't uh, exactly been riding the wwe or wrestling train really uh since october what overall what was the rumble like for you uh yeah it was really fun i really enjoyed it i thought it was a great show Kind of from top to bottom. I don't really have anything to complain about. Uh, I enjoyed everything. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it in more detail. There was, there, was, there was one like really weird, like botchy bit, which we'll talk about obviously when we get to the match. I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about there. This is probably the last Royal Rumble review you guys are listening to. Because yeah. by the time this goes out, it'll probably be like Friday. So the best till last. You've heard the rest. Now you're going to get what we consider the best. <laughs> we've been wrong before ladies and gentlemen any hoozle um from the thunderdome 
at Tropicana Field down there in Florida, COVID capital of the East Coast. Um, we had Royal Rumble 2021. Uh, did you guys check out the pre-show at all? Yeah, hey, I did. Because a couple of the guys here at Rugby Bands were uh, watching it together like over skate. Nathan joined at the most Nathan moment you can possibly imagine when Lacey <laughs> Evans got involved in the finish. Like It's almost as if he properly tied it, literally. Collectively, you could hear us all go, oh, of course he's tuning in at the, that moment. You know, it was a fun time, and more than it wasn't really exactly us watching the show. It was more us listening to Reese bully Liam for three hours, honestly. Pretty but much. <laughs> before you tuned in, Nathan, we were all basically taking the piss over the fact that, my God, it's been a full five or ten minutes, and now Jack hasn't killed anyone yet. Oh, but she does <laughs> later on. She tries. But she, because it was a decent match, you know, it's, it's a shame they got uh, demoted to the future, but at least they, they put on a good match because you got some of the most talented women on the roster and Nia Jax. And I actually you know and what I didn't like was really the finish because I think we all agree in the call like Carl said it this like it was just overbooked because you had Flair come out, cause a distraction. It backfires and it causes another distraction. Lizzie Evans gets brass nuts and then the woman's right. But then Nia still has to hit a leg drop on the back of Charlotte's head because even though Charlotte's not a cha- not really a champion like Asuka who's got two belts. For some reason, Charlotte still has to be overly protected. So they had this overbooked finish on a pre-show match. And I immediately said, as soon as Nia had to lay drop the back head, and that's Charlotte's neck broken. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we had Nia Jackson, Shannon Baszler uh, taking on the then WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Asuka and Charlotte Flair, in about 10 minutes and 30 seconds, according to Wikipedia. So, you know, it's got to be true. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, as uh, Scott said, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler uh, re- uh, regained the Women's Tag Team Championship. So I guess all is right in the land or what the fuck ever. Um, but let's uh, let, let's just talk about this. Generally speaking, Nia Jax is just bad at this. Am I right? Like, I mean, all of my vi- my vinegar for Nia Jax put briefly to the side. Just generally speaking, she's just fucking bad at this. Right. Yeah. Because we've all seen the, the clip from with Dana Brooke going out. And like the way she was kind of struggling to get her from the paralogment and I them. I don't know why she was going for a move like that. It looked overcomplicated even for her. And like if she didn't get her upright for the powerbomb, we could have had a draw situation there. And like we were talking about it at the time that she's one of the excuses at least two or three times ago when she fucking injured somebody. Uh, and becoming a bit of her stubby was that why is Keith Lee having to go back to classes alongside guys like fucking Dabakato uh, in the PC and Nia Jax still gets to go uh, on the main roster and win the tag titles? Yeah, and I mean, um, I've noticed this since the uh, the, the chokeslam powerbomb thing uh, because I saw a lot of um, uh, wrestlers, like actual wrestlers, tweeting about how like, oh, you got a lot of people talking about like, the, the that's dangerous and stuff. Well, he, newsflash, boys and girls, that that said that this was fine. She threw her on her fucking head. I'm sorry that if you're used to getting dropped on your head and going, oh, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, uh, you know, or whatever. But it wasn't good. Okay, so the, to echo what you said, to send Keith Lee back with people like Dabakato and Otis and stuff like that, and not send Nia Jax back, and then have her win a fucking title. Uh, it's just it's 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 mind-boggling to me but devil's advocate 
Uh, Dana Brooke has also been taking moves like a moron for like the last couple of weeks for some reason. I guess he's just trying to get like attention or something. She did one in the Rumble. I'm not exactly remember remembering which one it was, but uh, she again like landed very wrong. Like, and it wasn't the person who did the move to her. She's just seeming to take moves a little weird. Uh, I guess to get some sort of reaction out of people, but like. I don't know. I just think Nia Jax. I think Shayna Baszler would be better served either as a singles or away from Nia Jax. I'm just not digging it, and the chick needs to get her shit together. I don't understand why someone in the office or in the back hasn't been like, hey, get your shit together, or you're going back to the PC uh, until we deem like of it, like we deem that it's like the right thing for you to come back. Yeah. And really, so putting her in a tie team would actually prevent like this. And actually, it has been a while since we've seen a situation like, like this. So, But you can't really hide somebody who's clearly as bad as Nia. And Dana Brooke, I agree, isn't exactly the best wrestler either. I think both of them were called up far too early when they were eventually made their debuts like, on the main roster about 2016. But like, you've seen like, some of the wrestlers that you heard from, like, like yeah, we... I don't like the idea that we can't come on wrestling just because we haven't done it. But, like, even a, a simple person can realize that people getting dropped on their heads the way that Nia Jax dropped some people is not good. Like, it, it's we've got eyes. We can see that people are not landing properly. Like, like the time when she threw, Io, uh, not you, sorry, Kyrie Sane, like, backwards, and she couldn't, like, protect herself enough when she hit her head on the, the turnbuckle. And then there was multiple like other fucking examples of this. So like, we don't need to be a wrestler to know that Nia Jax is clumsy as fuck. Yeah, uh, but you know, clumsy as fuck and an effective wrestler won the tag team titles. Um, so we move on to the main show, and I said on Twitter, "Well, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like they're going to rip the bandaid off early." As uh, Goldberg took on Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship, the official match time from bell to bell is about two and a half minutes, but they also did. Uh, fight back and forth uh, on like on the outside briefly. There was a spear through a guardrail. Jackhammer City. Uh, Drew McIntyre kicked out a couple claymores and he retained. Uh, Goldberg would end up saying, "You passed the test." Uh, to Drew McIntyre, which did make me laugh out loud while I was having a drink. Um, just because, like, on yourself, Bill. Go ahead. Um, however, you get to sleep at night, buddy. Um, so. Uh, for this, this sort of felt like a, like a new school RPG sort of like wrestling match almost where it was just like you would back off and hit the claymore and then you'd back off again and then get hit by a spear. And it was just like the active time battle version of a wrestling match. Um, but I'm going to go to Nathan first. Nathan, uh, the WWE Championship opened it up. And what did you think of Big Bill Goldberg taking on Daddy Drew McIntyre? Yeah, for, this was just a bunch of fun, and it was exactly what it needed to be. Like, it's not everyone always says, obviously, Goldberg can't do like super long matches uh, ever, really. But yeah, just two huge guys smashing each other at the spear through the guard, through the guardrail or whatever it is, uh, before the bell. And yeah, Drew got to look like a million bucks, who's kicking out of all the Goldberg's spears and jackhammers and that. And then the Claymore finished it off, it was perfect. Uh, I think the tension that everyone thought they were going to put the title on Goldberg kind of worked for for this match because everyone's kind of biting for everything on on our Skype call, and I'm sure everyone was as well. Like everyone was panicked on Twitter beforehand, and uh, yeah, it was perfect for Drew. I think the pass your test, the pass the test comment was. I think it was a little bit funny for like 
hardcore fans, but I think it probably worked for like all the casual viewers who were tuning into the Rumble because it was like, oh, it's Goldberg, Drew McIntyre beat Goldberg, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. I think uh, I can't remember what the stat was, but is Drew like now one of the only people to have beaten Brock Lesnar and Goldberg in a match? Uh, I think there was yeah. one other person or something as well, but I can't remember who it was. But yeah, that's a good good accolade for Drew, and it's pretty clear they're going to get behind Drew going into Mania as well. So good for him. And everyone got to kind of relax for the rest of the Rumble because Goldberg didn't win. Yeah, definitely started things off on a good note for sure. But there was that like butthole sort of like tightening uh, anxiety that went with this opening contest. Uh, Scott, as as a, as a fellow member of Scotland, were you happy to see that your boy uh, was able to uh, – ride into the sunset still holding the WWE Championship over Big Bill? First off, Jimmy, I, I found your pronunciation of, of Drew earlier on very offensive, very cultural appropriation, and I will, I will be taking this matter to tribunal. So you will be hearing from HR very soon. If, uh, if I may, if I may, uh, if I wanted any shit out of you, I'd squeeze your head. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> but... I did see the guys on the Skype call that if Goldberg won, I would have to leave the call because uh, everybody in Scotland has joined the same Facebook group and all made a, a pact to go marching in the street with pitchforks and torches if Goldberg won the title from from Drew. You can't say people weren't invested in the match, you know, whether or not it was for good reasons or not. Like there was this collective like things of like every time Goldberg hit a move on or hit a spear. Like, oh, God, no, no, no. And very true. He kicked out, like, at the very last second. So he really made you buy into the fact that, oh, this is going to be it. And especially given that they did the bit at the start. So, like, oh, they're giving Drew an out. They're having him, like, going with injured ribs and all that. And to explain why he loses, because obviously Goldberg does the spear. But, you know what? For the two minutes it was on, it was a hot opener. And, yeah, people did be a, a sigh of relief. I know there were those who thought he was going to go over to show up in the Rumble. But, uh, the best person I heard say this was uh, Alex McCarthy from TalkSport saying uh, they wouldn't have Goldberg in the Rumble and Wrestler's match because he blew through his two matches a year in one night and they wouldn't want him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, did Goldberg not learn from when he tried to hit it on bloody Undertaker and nearly dropped, and dropped him around his fucking head? Like, Drew's like a couple of just shorter than Taker and he still tried to get him up for a, a jackhammer. Surprisingly, it still looked shit. And honestly, if that had been the end, I would have been even angrier because it didn't even look that good. But I did have to laugh at Goldberg's selling in uh, quotation marks of like of Drew kicking it. Like, does not compute, does not compute. Spear and Jack Hammer always works. <laughs> um, it was it was interesting to me the way that Goldberg sort of sold all the way up the ramp and everything that he was like obviously just just totally like knocked out essentially from wrestling for four minutes. Um, and then he sold all the way up the ramp. And for a minute there, I genuinely was like, oh, something's wrong with Bill. <laughs> hey, we talk about Goldberg's attire. I here. was going to get to that next, yeah. One question. Who wears gym shorts? He wears gym shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe he just picked them up from WWE shop just in case like his new gear didn't come in and like, he was just like, oh, I guess I got to wear the basketball shorts out there. Uh-huh. I thought he looked fine. Because the guy's like 54 years old. Oh, it was definitely like, the right move, for sure. If I, if I, 
if I look as good at him when I'm 30, I'll be fucking amazed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy's in incredible shape. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his, his stamina leaves something to be desired, I guess, at this point. But uh, he's he I think looks it always, or I think it always has. He just doesn't have. He's just not gifted with whatever fitness you need to be able to do something for a long time, right? It's I mean, not like was, not like Christian, who we'll get to in a bit, or Edge. And he was blown up after just over two minutes. I feel bad for his wife. <laughs> you think he hits you think he hits her with the, the spear jackhammer combination and she's just like oh good for you I mean he, I mean, he prefers it when she calls it the jackhammer but I don't think it's as accurate but <laughs> how, how, would I, how would I even know if I'm in no position to be judging anybody but uh, I do like when I actually watch it back uh, I watched like the show back before we did this uh, it, when you actually take out the spear uh, of Goldberg actually winning, then you actually realise how good it was for Drew to beat Goldberg. And I'm, if I can remember correctly, like off the top of my head, I think Triple H and Undertaker are the only ones I can think of to have beaten both Brock and uh, Goldberg. Because uh, I think a lot of people forget in that horrible match at the stadium that Taker actually won it, but nobody felt like a winner after that match. I don't think Triple H beat Goldberg one on one, did he? Uh, didn't he beat him in the chamber, but then lost to him after? Or did he then win it back? Well, he lost, beat him in the chamber, lost him. Yeah, yeah, but I think then he won in a triple threat. Yes, I don't... Oh, yeah, but, okay, and Undertaker. Undertaker's the only other person. Ah, Jimmy, did you just see me uh, beat Scott at general wrestling knowledge? Uh, I do believe so, yeah. Well, well I, don't, I, yeah. Didn't realize that, I didn't realise that the thing they were saying was at one-on-one. I thought it just meant they just beat him. And I, and I knew Triple H had beaten him. It's okay, Scott, don't worry. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Look at him. He strolls back in for the fucking rumble. He's probably going to leave after Mania and not do another grapple review or whatever until SummerSlam, but he just walks in here like belly big bollocks and tries to one-up your own fucking wrestling knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I can only do uh, either night one or night two of Mania because I only do the two podcasts a year. Don't want to blow through them. So I was just looking up um, who beat both of them. And there is a, a website called EssentiallySports.com uh, that uh, the name of the article is People Who Have Humbled Brock Lesnar in WWE. Humbled him, ladies and gentlemen. Humbled, humbled him. It's yep. like Sable. <laughs> <laughs> Sable, Sable, Sable. And just and, Sable, actually. And just Sable, actually. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, uh, big Drew McIntyre walks away. Still WWE champion. Um, we will get into uh, some of the some of the uh, stuff moving forward uh, when we're done talking about the Rumble. Um, so next up is Sasha Banks taking on Carmella with Reginald um, for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Goes about ten and a half minutes as well. Um, so I've been wondering about this all day um, because I've heard it uh, said a few times that. This match uh, isn't as good as their TLC match. Although it is good, it is not as good as the TLC match. Nathan, you didn't watch TLC. What did nope. you think of Sasha versus Carmella? First off, uh, in the archives, we have a fantastic uh, booking of our own Royal Rumble matches. And during that, Jimmy says, says something that I completely ignored at the time. I listened to it and I was like, that was a weird joke to make. 
And the joke was, he was like, oh, and Carmella comes to the ring with her sommelier. <laughs> then it gets to the actual show. <laughs> and to my disbelief, she has a sommelier. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just a weird joke you made. <laughs> no, no, she has she has a sommelier named Reginald. And he's amazing. This is, this is, what, I, this is what I wanted to talk to Nathan about, like, the one of the few things that he forgot he hadn't realized because he's not been watching getting to fill you in on the, the glory that is Reginald. <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah, I didn't watch the TLC match. Uh, everyone was like, oh, it's not as good as a TLC match. But this was fantastic. Like, Carmella's new gimmick is kind of that of a, I guess, a TikTok influencer, judging by her entrance and everything like that. Uh, Reginald was cool. He could do loads of cool flips. Uh, Sasha Banks is pretty great. And I like her Snoop Dogg music. But it didn't go down very well, apparently. Because uh, I was just gauging it from the reactions of everyone that I was watching the show with. But this is fantastic. Carmella is great now. Sasha Banks has always been great. And I wanted Carmella to win, but she didn't. So I'm a little <laughs> disappointed. This is one of my this is probably my favorite one-on-one match. Like if you take the rumbles out. It's mm-hmm. probably my favorite match of the show. I mean, that's not a bad not a bad shout, but um yeah, I if if you're interested, uh, I would go back and watch the TLC match because as good as this one was, the one at TLC was actually even better. Um, and Sasha Banks, I mean, because Sasha Banks is so good uh, at leading people through matches, I'm interested to see what uh, Carmella's next feud is and who she's wrestling, and see if she can sort of build on this momentum that she's got, and maybe in I don't know uh, post main like just after Mania, maybe she ends up with the women's championship in this current gimmick, because I think this is working uh, rather well for her. Um, Scott, this uh, you having seen TLC, how did this one stack up for you, and did it do anything really to enhance the new, like, sort of Carmella gimmick, and uh, just give me all your thoughts about it. Soup to nuts. I really, it's really sweet, because, like, Nathan's been talking about how much he loves SmackDown, and, no, no offense, Nathan, but when you were going about that, I honestly thought SmackDown was shite at the time. And yet, we, this is just to go away. SmackDown has been the best thing in WWE, as we've mentioned on the grapple dates, partly because of Reginald. And like, yeah. more, so than watching the, more so than watching the match from TLC, go back and watch the match from SmackDown with Sasha versus Reggie in a match. It's just amazing. I want, I'm starting a hashtag Reginald for Cruiserweight Champion. Reginald to be the face of 205 Live. Don't know if he weighs 205, but, you know, kayfabe. But, so you want to, you want to like take him out of the limelight and just put him in in the the shadows, unless everyone started watching Two Hundred Five Live since. Everybody would watch for Reggie. Big Reg. watch for Reggie. <laughs> I would, I guarantee you, they would watch it for Reggie. Oh, big claims. That's what I actually wasn't that bothered about the TLC match. I actually enjoyed this more than the TLC match personally. It's just, I think I didn't realize there were some people who didn't. I agree. I saw, and that's why I hope, are more so signs of improvement from Carmilla rather than just the fact that she was in there with Sasha, who is one of the best in the world. I do hope she Carmilla has like matches of this quality and whatever food she goes on to do, because that would show that she is improving. Which uh, I was sad that she didn't get to have matches like this when she was uh, SmackDown Women's Champion a couple of years ago, because a lot of people were very critical of her reign uh, back then. Uh, really liked it. Uh, Reginald, I. Much as I love him, he deserved to be kicked out because I only noticed at the same time watching it, he was wearing shoes and no socks. That's something I Ooh. should have mentioned in my room 501 when I was on it. 
but just shoes with no socks, absolute sickening behaviour. What? Yeah, it's January. I don't care if you're in Florida and you're inside. You should, you do not wear shoes with no socks. But some shoes are designed to be wear with no socks, like deck shoes or boat and shoes, whatever shoes people call them. You wouldn't say that to Reggie's face. I would have to firmly sit him down and say, Reggie, I love you. We all love you, but we're doing this for your own good. How but can you... you be the face of 205 Live if you're not wearing any socks? You're just being, you live in a climate where you need to like have seven socks on just to keep your feet from ice cooling over. Like hey, it's warm I'll, down in Florida. I'll have you know, if it's a warm winter, it's only five pairs of socks. <laughs> I live like 70 or what, like 100 miles away from you, but still. <laughs> don't know why I'm giving you shit for that, but. Jimmy, <laughs> what's your opinion? Shoes with, shoes with socks? Uh, yeah. I mean, unless you're wearing. I mean, okay, so I get in Florida, because it's actually kind of a big thing, like south in the south, like when you're by the water and stuff, and most people don't wear um, socks with their shoes. But also, what socks do you wear with those shoes? They, they, those You can't wear, like, tall tube socks with them. You can't wear uh, the ankle ones. It would look silly because you, the top yeah, of the foot is exactly. sort of exposed. I think that with the footwear he was, he was wearing, that it was, like, acceptable. It's totally acceptable. Um, also, it's so humid there. Your socks would just be fucking soaked. Like your feet would just be sweating so much. He'd be, he'd go for one of his flips and just spray sweat. Yeah, and just like, every- spray everywhere. Yeah, so you would blame Sasha, and it would be to the advantage of Carmel. But he didn't even do any flips. He stood there, and he caught Sasha. He had a quite impressive head scissors on him. And then Carmela thought, "Do I want to be like Sasha?" So she said, "A dive that nearly killed herself." Uh, <laughs> Got a really bad flashback when Stash used to do that back in like 2016. But I really do you remember when that. Lita did that dive to the outside and like nearly broke her spine? Carmella did something very similar during this match. Like, I just, that, I thought, I thought that's literally what Scott just said. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's just so hard to hear you, Scott. Um, I'm sorry, All would you like me joke. to do a more, a more elegant Scottish accent, or would you like me to do the Drew accent? You know, hello, I am from Scotland. <laughs> well, he's no. practically, like, speaking, like, subtitles. I would prefer the Nikki Cross Scottish accent, please, and thank you. Good lord, no. <laughs> like, I like you, Nikki. Or a lovely woman, slightly cretinous. Uh, but yeah, Sasha, Sasha, I think... Like, cause you can see it when they showed it in the, uh, the replay, Sasha, like had her hand up, like around, like, uh, Carmela's like clavicle. And I guess that like stopped her from falling further forward. Cause there were a couple like moments during this pay-per-view as a whole, where it was like, Ooh, that could have been really, really bad. <laughs> I, I do have a couple of things to say about this match before we move on. Uh, I did like the finish where like, after the super kick spot, uh, Sasha kicks out. Carmella spends too much time like being annoyed at the fact that she didn't win, and that allowed Sasha to get the bank statement, which gave her the win. And uh, I actually found out a really interesting stat that now she's on 101 days at time recording as SmackDown Women's Champion, and uh, within a, in a week's time, she'll surpass all five of her Raw Women's title reigns combined. Like, it's the first time she's went over 100 days uh, as a singles champion since she was NXT champion back in 2015. Wow. Yeah, that, and that MC woman's day was like 182 days, so it wasn't even as if it was like a that long a reign. 
So it's like a decent length, but that's I think this is what this rain's all about. Like Sasha finally getting a decent length rain. Like I'm sure she'll surpass that maybe if she holds it to Mania. Uh, I, doubt, I doubt she'll hold it past Mania. So when we talk about who's winning the, who won the Rumble, but another thing I was wondering, uh, kind of a topic we brought up on the skate go. What do you guys think of Sasha's gear? Because usually I don't like brown as part of a wrestling gear, as we all saw when Shawn Michaels had those, as what has been called poo tights at Survivor Series or two. Before I look it, it's good looking gear. I mean, Sasha's just incredible, like, as far as, like, fashion goes. She's always wearing great stuff, and I think that this gear was right on point for, as, like, you know, just, like, a fashion icon is Sasha Banks, hands down. I mean, that's the plus the shoes discussion a minute ago. I mean, we're on top of all the latest trends, aren't we? Yeah. Jimmy, you're not going to get, like, some weird anxiety like you do with Dominic, because Sasha dresses so well. No, no, because see, I'm not in direct competition with Sasha. She's just a beautiful woman. <laughs> and Dominic is like a guy who gets to dress better than me. And I don't like that very you much. Say you, you say you're in direct competition with Dominic. Is that what you're just implying? I'm in direct competition with all For what? Men. Oh, all men. Oh, this all is a masculinity men. thing. It's a, it's a, it's an American male thing. Oh. Well, the guy came from WCW. Yes, exactly. Wow. <laughs> the greatest theme song of all time. American male. American male. American male. Um, but no, yeah, Dominic, <laughs> I, I appreciated uh, Dominic, uh, his gear later on in, in the, the Rumble uh, because it was pish. Um, so like that, <laughs> that, that, made me, that made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> Uh, do you guys have anything else for the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match? Yeah, no, I. No, I not really. Wait, I think we, I think we kind of assumed where these two title matches were going to go. I mean, I know some people were worried about Drew more so than uh, it would be usually for a WWE title match at the Rumble because usually the titles don't change hands. But you know, you always know you're probably going to get a, a decent match at the Rumble, even though the titles probably aren't going to change hands. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, especially with the. Uh, the, I see. I thought Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens was like the best match on the show until the last fucking forty seconds of the match. Uh, but we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a minute. Uh, so next up was uh, the Bad Bunny performance of his song Booker T. Um, at first, I was kind of shitting on it when I was watching it, just because I was like, I I don't I've never heard of this guy. It's not my type of music. Da 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 da. But to be fair, it is better that. They, like this gigantic recording star in popular culture right now went and did this performance, has this video with Booker T. He's a huge wrestling fan and like really seems to want to be there and stuff. Uh, it, so it's it may not be my thing, but it's a good thing for wrestling uh, mm. that this like it wasn't no offense to them, but it wasn't like Agent Orange or whatever the fuck or Code Orange or whatever the fuck their name is, like some <laughs> no name fucking third tier metal band that nobody really has ever heard of except for the people in WWE music or Triple H like this happened to be like a big time recording star the performance was really good too like um he he was very high energy he seemed like he wanted to be there he showed up later in the rumble he was on raw the next night and yeah i just i thought this was a hell of a lot of fun uh booker t standing there in his gi bro uh, gimmick just n- trying not to crack up 
the entire time and like not blink was entirely entertaining to me way too much. Uh, but uh, what did you have? Has Bad Bunny made two or three new fans out of the A team? That's what I want to know. Nathan, are you now a flag waving fan for uh, Bad Bunny and all of his uh, his mischievous givings? Uh, no, no. But uh, I had no idea who the fuck this guy was. So I just assumed, <laughs> like you said, they just got some like nobody person. Um, but clearly, I'm just an old man. Because it turns out he's like one of the most popular people in the world right now. And one of the most streamed people on Spotify or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it turns out he's like crazy popular. Uh, it, it seemed all right. I don't remember anything about it other than Booker T uh, standing there and then doing his Can You Dig It Sucker. I don't know one word from the song. I'm assuming Booker T was in the song at some point. It's in uh, Spanish. So, I mean, I have no oh, idea. We can, no, all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What did he, do you think he translates Booker T into Spanish? No, he does say Booker T at one point in the song. <laughs> oh, there you go then. Uh, so good for him. Uh, he looked like he's having fun. And then he, he finally got to do some stuff with The Miz. That's pretty yeah. great. I, I like The Miz, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to bother listening to any of his songs. Yeah, I mean, he, he refused to let The Miz and Morrison like, join his record label. And he has his own an record album. label as well. Oh, the record label he's on. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, Miz and Morrison not going to be putting out a full album anytime soon. So dry those uh, tears, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I, I didn't really know who this guy was, and I didn't realize like how big a following he had. Like he's got almost like thirty million followers on like Instagram currently. And I agree with the points you made to me. Like they got like this following, and he's also a wrestler. But he's done a song about a wrestler. And he's appearing like on the show, and there's also rumors of him being at Mania. Which, you know, if he's got this following, he gets, like he's a fan, then he'll probably like try and make it like at least memorable or entertaining. And he could end up being one of the better like uses of a celebrity in wrestling. But like I said, I didn't know anything about when the song happened, and I even thought like, couldn't you have this after the Women's Rumble? Because everybody like now that we've got two Rumbles in the one show, is going to be knackered after the Women's Rumble. And so you at least give them a bit of respite, even if it's not like not their thing. They don't need to actually watch it. They can go to the toilet, get a drink or something like that, and then be more interested in the, the last man standing. Because I think for some people, I know I know for me, it took me a wee while to get into the last man standing match at first because obviously I was just recovering from the women's rumble. Uh, yeah, I mean, also last man standing matches tend to be um, little plotting at the beginning, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, listen, big fans over here of Bad Bunny at Rogue Opinions, we are. Um, yeah. So looking forward to more of him. I know there was a, like, a big argument among some people on Twitter, like the idea of like, what, who is this guy? We don't know who he is. And it was kind of an argument, the idea of like, well, just because you don't know him doesn't mean he's not a big star, not a big deal. Like the idea of like, like wrestling kind of being a, not as big a bubble as we realize this. And so hopefully people get, like realize this, that this can actually be a good thing if he's going to be around more often which he might be. And I mean, hey, he brought in Damian Priest on, on Raw. So like he seems like he wants to be around and stuff and get involved. So, hey, if it's good, then I'm here for that shit, to quote Effie. You know, we don't give a shit what it is. As long as it's good, I'm here for it. And the Bad Bunny stuff was good. So uh, next up is the 30 women Royal Rumble match. Uh, I'm going to start reading out the entrance. I guess I'll do... 
a few at a time, and uh, we'll uh, go through the uh, the important parts. Uh, first out was uh, Bailey. Um, she goes about twenty nine minutes and is eliminated by Bianca Belair, which the uh, the fucking cameras missed. I don't understand why we had to watch Tori Wilson hit the floor when the prevailing like story was Bianca Belair and Bailey in this. Naomi was out at two, which I forgot she was on Raw. I could have sworn she was on SmackDown. Um, Bianca Belair was out at three. She goes on to win. Uh, she gets four eliminations and um, is in there for about 57 minutes, 57 minutes. Um, and then we got Billy Kay, who I called it, ladies and gentlemen. I booked exactly what Billy Kay did, eh, about two thirds of what Billy Kay did in this this Rumble in our uh, Create a Rumble podcast from, uh, what was that, last week, guys? Excuse me, sir. I, I believe I also picked a similar thing with Billy trying to give people a resume. And I actually spotted several things across the show, especially in the two Rumbles I booked, by the way. And so I'll be waiting for my check in the mail. Nathan, Nathan. Can, can oh, I, I didn't have anything that made it into the show. No, no, no. no well, God, no. I know. No Sigourney Weaver this time. Uh, but no, 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 no. I mean, can, can I just talk to you in the corner just real quick? One second. Sure, man. Sure, sure, okay, sure, sure. Okay. What's up? Do you see how he's just fucking bragging again, dude? Like, he's just over here fucking, I called this and I called that. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, just trying to have a podcast here and this fucking guy. Oh, is that what he's saying? I can't understand a word he says. I, it's so low and so like in the background. I have no earthly idea of what's going on. I, 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 but I can hear that he's out there fucking throwing a parade for himself. Like we go through this every episode. I don't get it. I don't get it. God damn it! Look, just deal with him this time. We just need to make it through to Mania, and then his contract's up, and with his future endeavor, I mean, get someone else in, someone younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Let's go. Let's go. Um, so out at five was uh, Shotzi Blackheart, uh, who uh, came out on the tank and <laughs> nearly, yeah. nearly took out like five people <laughs> with, with the <laughs> missile. It, it, it went over uh, Jerry the King Lawler's head, which, which, by the way, can we stop for a moment and just sort of talk about what kind of like, like crack ridden fucking producer was like, you know who we should have on commentary for the Women's Rumble? Jerry the King Waller. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the best idea. I guess like there must be a big part of the casual audience who just don't really realize that he's a bit of a seedy old man. Uh, you know, I guess there was a memo was, you know, Jerry Lawler, that well-known feminist. <laughs> so, about how, oh, you made this rumble better. Imagine they're all fighting over you. Like, oh, I can literally feel my skin crawling. Like, yeah. uh, People just must not know because the like, like we're not we're not accusing him of anything like illegal, um, but like the advertisers or like the people just must not realise that it's a bad idea. Also, he was kind of taken off commentary supposedly before that comment he made about Akira Tozawa, and then somehow they thought, oh, we'll bring him back these months later for the Royal Rumble. He won't say anything offensive. Then, like, how much do you think Jerry Lawler? can change in just a few months, honestly. Like, do you think he's not going to be the older? I guess he's somehow not going to get any pervier. That's not how it works. If anything, gets more pervier as time goes on. <laughs> so weird. The, so weird. Yeah. The age gap grows well. every day. 
There's still that Bianca Belair. I thought she was great. Apparently, her time uh, in this Rumble is like a new record for uh, the Women's Rumble, which is like a good accolade for her to, to have. And it also goes with her gimmick. But like, she came in number three and she said she won it. And then later on, Michael Cole says this about Sami Zayn coming out. Oh, number three, statistically the most unlucky number to come out at the Royal Rumble. Did you literally not see that someone else won a Rumble from that same mission less than an hour ago? Also, the most famous one, one of the most famous Rumbles of all time is 1992. And what number did Ric Flair win the Rumble from? Number three, Michael. I thought you were a journalist. Wow, he's just talking about statistics. Maybe statistically, that's like the worst one. Because isn't 27 the one that most people win from? Or is that more, more people have won from that number, but the last person to win from that number was Steve Austin in 2001. That was 20 years ago. Like Somebody does need to win from 27 in the women's rumble at some point just so they can actually make that number worth talking about again. And speaking of uh, Royal Rumble by the numbers, how big of a letdown was it that we had Corey Graves doing the voiceover and not the royal rumble correspondent doing <laughs> royal rumble by the numbers i was so upset oh william goberg and andrew mcintyre <laughs> i've no idea who that woman is but she was just excellent she probably has no clue what wrestling even is uh, i think she she was like a former like bbc royals correspondent or something like that so yeah, like... royal family royal rumble blah 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 but, it, like, it all works out. So they're talking about going back to Billy Kay for a second. She is one of my MVPs of the whole night. I think just the fact that she just got up every with every new entrant and tried desperately to uh, to get somebody to be her partner, and every time get up looking more and more like frustrating, getting more tired of having to get up and down to go see it. And then Jillian Hall, <laughs> I, not not somebody I was crying out to come back, but. I did like the Jelly and Billy like team up that they had. Yeah, that was she. Jillian Hall was number eight. Uh, before that was Shannon Baszler at six. Tony Storm at seven. Uh, Shannon Baszler went like forty-two minutes in this match, though. Uh, pretty incredible run uh, with six eliminations. Um, but yes, Jillian Hall uh, was in at number eight. She went about eight minutes. Uh, got no eliminations. Um, and J- long live Jillian Billy, though. <laughs> Ruby Riot was at nine. She went about 10 minutes in there. You know, there was a very, then it was Victoria coming back. Yes. Always great to see her, but not to her music, which was unfortunate. And then Peyton Royce came out. And then we had a very funny interaction where Peyton and Billy got together. They went to do a move. They do the move. And then Peyton hits the iconic. And uh, Billy goes to do it, but sees Ruby Riot standing there and just sort of is like, I, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do nothing. I wasn't going to do anything like that. <laughs> it's always awkward when your, your current partner sees you talking to your ex. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing. We're just talking. Nothing. Like, I, I did really enjoy them. Well, like, I'm glad that they got to have a moment in the rumble and remind us of how they never should have been broken up. But, I remember on Escape Go, we were all talking like, we kept asking everybody for outlandish picks or out there picks for the men's and women's rumble like, for people to appear. And I said, uh, fuck it, Victoria, 
the only reason I put her in my fans at the beginning is I thought she's not coming back. It was, as much as you want her to come back, she's not going to come back, especially not to her, her good music. And then when she did come back, I was very loud in my adulation for her coming back, like, yes, she's back. <laughs> and then she actually hit the widow's peak after Pete and Royce tried to do it and to her, like, gimmick infringement. She's 49. She's good. Yeah, she looks fantastic. To be able to to do, like, to do all the things that she was, like, you know, doing in this match was, like, incredible to see that she was able to just come back in and um, sort of hold her own. Maybe there's, like, a short run left uh, left in for Victoria. I mean, maybe. maybe. I don't know how much she's going to be willing to do at 49. Uh, and in, like, a one-on-one situation, I'm not exactly sure uh, what place she's going to have. She so could do speak. like short matches, maybe. I mean, uh, bring back Goldberg, but Goldberg's like 54. But it, I guess it depends on how her body's feeling and everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. she's uh, she had that big knee brace on forever. I don't know if she's actually got like knee problems or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, she had a bunch of stuff. Uh, number 12 is uh, the, in my opinion, wasted space in the, the Rumble. No offense to Santana Garrett, but Santana Garrett, really? <laughs> Jeez, that's so rude. Like, really? What she do to uh, you? She's just not. I mean, Santana Garrett, really? Of all the women that you have? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a weird spot as well. Like, it just came out Santana, and I didn't know anybody who called Santana. I think I forgot about Santana Garrett. And for a brief thing, I thought, what the hell is a member of Proud and Powerful doing in the Women's Rumble? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was next. Liv Morgan doing her best uh, Christina, Christina Aguilera, Aguilera uh, oh from Dirty impression. And <laughs> Liv Morgan, <laughs> you... Say Jerry Lula. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean... Listen, hands where not... we can see them, Jimmy. Hands where uh, we can see them. Hands are up, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, she's just a Jersey girl, and I have nothing but respect for my fellow, my fellow Jersey uh, people, especially when they look like that. Uh, Rhea Ripley was in next at 14. Uh, she would end up going very, very, very far in this. 39 minutes. She got seven eliminations. So, you know, take that, Shayna Baszler. Ba-boom. Uh, next was Charlotte Flair. She went about 34 minutes. Uh, only getting one elimination, though. Uh, as interesting as uh, as that sounds, that she only got the one. Uh, well, fucking slacking, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, when the, guy, when the chick who's banging your dad keeps coming out and fucking up your day... Um, I can only imagine that, you know, you're not going to be too concerned with throwing, uh, competitors over the top rope. Uh, Dana Brooke was out next 16, 17 was Tori Wilson. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to give it a of Jerry Lola just possessed Jeremy for the sort of section <laughs> yeah, of the point. <laughs> I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it for the bit now. Um, Lacey yeah. Evans was next. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I was interested to hear what Nathan's thoughts were. Like, he finally tunes that into Wrestling After a Few Months, and one of his favorites is uh, pretending to shag Ric Flair. I mean, there's worse things to be doing. Do you really Probably. need to change your theme song, though? Because you can't have looks like Mind Your Manners and Be Respectful when she's involved in an angle like this. Yeah, yeah, I probably need to work on those lyrics a bit. But, uh, I mean, it, it works. It, I'm sure it works. Something that's weird to say about Charlotte Flair is 
I don't think she was utilised properly in this rumble because, like you said, she got one elimination and it wasn't even Lacey Evans who it should have been given like the storyline that they were involved in. But, like they get a brawl on the outside and then they barely interact after that. There wasn't enough of an interaction between Rhea and Charlotte and when there really should have been. And I even thought Charlotte should have been in the finals too. Like user like they've used Roman the last few rumbles. Like user to guarantee us that people will be happier when she's thrown out at the end. Like they kinda of did that with her when she was down it was down to her and Becky in twenty nineteen. Look, it was just weird to see Charlotte like go as long as she did, but really actually add very little to the match overall. Uh, it was it was weird because usually in the rumbles you like uh, like you don't have to do the rumble the same the same way. Obviously, there's different ways to do it, but usually you like fill up the ring uh, and then have a big guy or or girl come out and clear house for a bit, mm-hmm. or or you'll do like the Brock Lesnar way that they did last year, where he just comes in at number one and just tries to go the distance. But you're right. It felt like when Charlotte Flair was going to come, out, you're like, okay, here we go. She's going to clear house, get some of these people out but it was a bit kind of like a different setup to the rumble i thought it was pretty i thought it worked pretty well but yeah charlotte didn't really do what everyone expected but then whenever she does do what charlotte flair should be doing everyone fucking moans anyway yeah it's kind of like a windless situation (laughs) yeah it's a weird thing she's involved in this feud now it's one of the few things she's been involved in a feud that's not got a title involved and a lot of people aren't liking the feud and some people say like charlotte's better than this and yet, if you actually put Charlotte and people like, oh, God, Charlotte again, even though more than likely Charlotte should be involved in one of the title pictures going into, into Mania because it should probably make it feel like a bigger deal. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Ripley, I uh, was very excited to see her come in because, like, like you said, the ring was filling up. So I thought either her or Nia Jax was about to come in, like, clear house. She got most eliminations, which made sense. I, I, she was my pick to win the Rumble. She... Like came at number fourteen and Nakamura's one from fourteen, so I thought it's possible she could still win it. Uh, I, I think apparently you said Shayna got six, she got eight the year before, so I think Shayna now has the combined most eliminations across like two appearances in the women's rumble. Good going. The facts are just flowing out of uh, out of Mr. Scott McLeod today, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you got your pen and paper ready. Um, Mickey James. Chef, He's a fax man. Uh, next up was uh, Mickey James uh, at number 19. The long forgotten about Mickey James. Um, she was in for seven and a half minutes, got eliminated by Lacey Evans and got no eliminations. Next out was Nikki Cross coming out to horrible music. It was just bad. Uh, also, no eliminations. He's using music that Lacey Evans should be coming out to. We have to actually listen to it. Like, it's about being a country girl or something like that. Like, She's from Glasgow. She's from a country, but not the country. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, fuck, uh, she's from a country, not the country. It's Nikki. Talk about Mickey James for a second. I-, I love Mickey James, like, unashamedly. She's properly underutilized. She's somebody who gets better with age, and they're not even utilized. And I was like, she should have the role that Natalia has, because at least she'd be entertaining in that role. And good. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, now, ladies and gentlemen, bear with me here. As 21 was Alicia Fox. And she came out and lasted about two minutes. Uh, in that time, she managed to win the um, 24-7 championship, which was 
funny, I guess. Um, no, no other eliminations though. And then after she was eliminated, she lost the 24 seven championship. Oh, we are going to get into who wins it after this though. Good Lord. Um, Mandy. It was fitting that uh, Alicia Fox came out number 21. That feels like how many years she was employed by the company. That's fair. (laughs) I do not like like Alicia Fox at all. Yes, she can do a good Northern Lights duplex, but that that should not have kept her around as long as it did. And I tuned her out during this segment. I started thinking, why has nobody decided to do a version of the Northern Lights duplex but called the Aurora Borealis duplex? A mouthful. Ooh, science joke. Bill, Bill Nye, the science guy over here. I only know what that is because of the Simpsons, to be fair. So it's just, <laughs> just for hope that Gondiers go, the Aurora Borealis suplex at this time of year in that part of the ring. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Housed, housed entirely in the top right corner of the ring. Yes. Can I see it? No. Oh. Uh, next out was Mandy. Mandy Rose is out next. Uh, she was in for about four minutes. She got one elimination. Um, and then Dakota Kai came out at 23. Uh, she was in there for about two minutes. So thanks for coming. Uh, Carmella was out at 24, uh, was in there for less than a minute and was eliminated by Tamina who came out directly after her. Um, uh, Tamina. How is Tamina still employed? How is Nia Jax worse than Tamina at this point? So many questions. We talk about the fact that they tried to lure people in to watch backstage by advertising a Tamina versus Natalia match for the number 30 spot. And then Tamina doesn't feel like that much of a loser because you got to come out at number 25, which is even that much worse. They, they, um, they mentioned it on commentary too that like oh well it worked out for her. It's like what the fuck was the point of the match? She's still I in know. The, like the top one percent of the fucking the rumble. And it, it kind of beats the alternative because you can you imagine if they didn't announce number thirty and we got to like oh who's it going to be? Is it Ronda Rousey coming back? Is it a surprise? Is it Becky Lynch? It's Natalia. Oh, <laughs> it would have been worse than Roman Reigns twenty seventeen. I guarantee you that or. Or like when Dolph Ziggler in 2018. Oh, God. Dolph. Fuck's sake. Oh, how, how, how much do you love it, Nathan? You've tuned back in and Dolph Ziggler is a champion once again as part of the Dirty Dogs with Robert Roode. The Dirty Dogs. Sorry, what? what? Yeah, didn't even know he was a champion. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler won the tag titles from the Street Profits on SmackDown. They're called the Dirty Dogs now. Who the fuck is Robert Roode? The Dirty Dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're like, yeah. glorious. Yeah, yeah. They, the, okay. the Dirty Dogs totally sound like... Dang it, they actually called that? Yes. Yeah. They have merch and everything. Fuck's For some reason, they... Sonya, Deville, Sonya Deville is apparently assistant GM or something on SmackDown, and for some reason she won't give the Street Profits a, a rematch. For any particular reason? She, she, she looks great in a suit. Like, she, she doesn't like... No, I, don't, I mean, why she GM, Jimmy? <laughs> Because she, she looks great in a suit. Oh, is that why she won't give them? Uh, and she's, oh, she's a big bad baddie. She's a baddie. She's she's it's like Montez. no faces, uh uh-uh, uh faces, nuh uh. Montez Ford also looks great in a suit, and she's jealous. That that could she's be like, it. No, only I may be the best looking person in a suit on this roster. 
Good day to you, sir. No title shots for you. Makes sense. Um, Can we get Sonya Deville a uh, a tailor? I think like she's character. got one. Suits are fantastic. No, but like an on-screen character, and, and she's just always being measured for a suit. And well, then like... we could build the WrestleMania, the mixed tag of the century. Sonya and her tailor versus Carmella and Reggie. Nice. Nice. I like oh, it. Me of it like night it. one at WrestleMania. I'm gonna That's... tune in if they start doing that. Let me know when Sonia Deville gets a tailor. Will do. I'll i I'll keep that in the uh I'll keep that in the notes for next time. Uh next out was fucking Lana. Like looking like a fucking Oscar award. Um she was in there for <laughs> ten goddamn minutes, and the entire time I'm like, oh oh no. Is Lana going to fucking win the Royal Rumble? She looked really scared. Come down to the ring. I thought she was trying to look serious, like, I am angry, or I have just smelt a fart. Either way, they look at the exact same expression on her. She went to the Joey Tribbiani School of Acting. The (laughs) the smell of fart acting. That explains how bad of an actor she actually is. Hey, whoa. Nothing against Joey, just... How dare you besmirch the name of Joey Tribbiani on this podcast? Jesus, man. He was great in Days of Our Lives. He was Dr. Drake Ramore. Is it, is it maybe a, a, a difference between the UK and US? I didn't think Days of Our Lives was a real show. I thought it was made for the TV show just because Joey's an actor. I didn't realize it was a real thing. For, for, for far too long, I didn't know it was the real thing. When did you find out that it was a real thing? I can't even remember, but like I, I, I legit thought it was a made-up show because like Joey had to be have an acting job, so I just thought of, like, what's the most soap opera name we can think of? Like Sands Through the Hourglass. <laughs> These are the days of our lives. Uh, next, out, next out was Alexa Bliss at 27, who lasted all of one minute. Got no eliminations because uh, Rhea Ripley, being the intelligent woman that she is, was like, oh, it takes her like forever to transform, so I'm just going to throw her ass out once the lights start doing something weird. I like how the wrestlers are smart. I probably made the, the best like comparison to when everyone just suddenly piled on Alexa Bliss for, before she even did the transformation. He compares it to when Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jim the way directs all the angry shoppers on Sinbad. You're like, he's got to... He's got to. <laughs> <laughs> what great um, movie! Do you know it was awesome. Mm-hmm. All I—I I mean, it—it's it, hard to to do like a bad Christmas movie when you have Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger and The Big Show. Um, Danny DeVito's not in Jungle all the way. Yeah. Was it Danny that, DeVito? Am no, I you're thinking of, of uh, you're thinking of Deck the is Deck the Holes. Deck the Holes was a horrible movie. Yeah, that was the Danny DeVito one, wasn't it? I mean, Matthew did, Broderick. Did Ugh. I muck that up? Did muck that up. Paul uh. Hartman's in Jingle all the way, though, so there's something. Guys, it's January. No, it's not. It's February. We don't need to talk about Christmas movies. Phil Hartman, Sinbad? Come on. It's you know when it's appropriate to talk about Christmas movies. You can't even remember what month it is. Don't start on me. <laughs> Next at, at 28 is Ember Moon. Still don't know what an Ember Moon is. Didn't really matter. She was in there for less than two minutes. But uh, I think Clearwater Revival do a song about an Ember Moon. Or am I getting that wrong? I don't know. Let's find out. CCR, you said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. 
The further we get through this rumble, the more like niche and weird the references again. Hey, Claire's Clearwater Revival is shit. I'm trying to get uh, as many in. I'm very sure those are like. I see an amber moon rising. No, that's it. Just me? Okay. Jesus Christ. I see. It's Bad Moon, by the way. It, it, I, I know that. I know. Uh, well, I, you I, know. It's been a long day for me, all right? Leave me alone. We, we strive to not only entertain, but to educate here on the Rogue Opinions podcast, ladies and gentlemen. 29 was Nia Jax. Um, Fucking Lana, wonderful. Lana got to eliminate her. She was awful in this match. Like, she's awful in everything. Come at me, internet. I don't give a shit. Nia Jax is bad. Nia Jax is very, very bad. And she needs to not be a champion in the world wrestling entertainment sphere. She needs to go back, get a little training, come back when she's not going to hurt people, when she's not going to just fucking be reckless in there because she's a Samoan. And she's like, oh, I'm cousins with The Rock, so that means I'm going to be fine. Fuck you, Nia Jax. Get off my TV. Isn't she also a QAnon person? Oh, don't even fucking tell me didn't that. Someone tell me, didn't someone tell me that? She's a what? She's like a conspiracy theorist nutcase. Well, she did say she wasn't going to take like, the vaccine because she trusts the immune system God gave her, which, like, ugh. <sighs> okay, so uh, I am currently on Reddit. And I might have topic... made that up, but I feel like someone told me that a while ago. Uh, on Reddit r slash squared circle it would appear nia Jax is supporting a known QAnon group um if god God really cared about you he wouldn't make you so shit at wrestling that is fair that is fair (laughs) she is wearing a t-shirt in a photo that says save our children they are not for sale um (laughs) you need a t-shirt for that i mean some people sell children dude i don't know what to tell you um like and the don't, like they don't kidnap song. Like they don't kidnap song in Kowal. Like he need a song to tell you that. <laughs> wow! Uh, wow! This this breaks down very quickly. In the, uh, in the very <laughs> changed your life, Jimmy. No, I mean it really did. Like it starts out uh, just a tribute CC on uh, on r slash squared circle says, "Okay, I'll be straight here, lads. I keep seeing the name QAnon, and I still have no idea." Who or what the fuck it actually is? Uh, all I can guess is it appears to be bad. Can someone give me the cliff notes? Can someone cliff notes a brother out here? Edit. Thanks, guys. So the first comment under him to try and oh to try and uh, make this uh, understandable for him is a far right conspiracy theory alleging that a cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles running a global child sex trafficking ring is plotting against President Donald Trump, who is battling them. Yep. And then there, was it, thing, there was a thing about Jews having space lasers the other day. That was yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. And I went on Twitter and went on trending and saw the number one trending thing was Jewish space laser. I was like, oh, cool. Michael Bay's making movies again. And no, then it turned out, nope, conspiracy theory. I took Jewish space laser to sort of mean like they have so many circumcisions to do uh, in the Jewish faith that they just... <laughs> It's just have a giant laser to do. <laughs> a giant laser. And the, the the rabbi who's like on Zoom, obviously, in the times that we're in, you don't want him breathing and speaking it's Yiddish. controlling it with an Xbox controller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just like, <laughs> all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, bring your kids in, you know, whatever. And then, I don't know why he's a hippie from, like, Southern California, but he is. Listen, and, why is this rabbi played by Brandy Savage and... <laughs> well, you know, okay, so here we go. All right, we we're we're here to bless your child's life and existence. 
brother. And then all of a sudden you just see like the shine of the fucking the space laser. It's like, like Pierce Brosnan's out. last uh, James Bond movie. Where they had the laser shoot from the giant satellite. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, I don't know if there's any if there's any Jewish porn stars out there who'd search for a name. Jewish space laser. It's not a bad one. No, if you're if you're a Jewish porn star and your name isn't the Hebrew Hammer, then you're doing something wrong. All of them. I mean, names. maybe that's what Goldfinger was trying to do, and Sean Connery with the laser coming towards his crotch. Maybe he was just trying to circumcise. Maybe he wasn't trying to kill. Him. Yeah, he was ahead. Of, he was ahead of the curve. Uh, Natalia then, came out at thirty. Natalia came out at thirty. Yay! Uh, she was in there for all of two minutes, which, you know, thanks backstage. Um, <laughs> so. Um, and then we get down to uh, the final uh, three. Uh, the final three being uh, Charlotte, um, Bianca Belair, and um, Rhea Ripley. Uh, trying to get my brain back on the wrestling track. Um, and uh, they go for a little while. They get rid of uh, Charlotte. I remember breathing a sigh of relief and saying, like, okay, so now, no matter what happens, I'm going to be happy with the winner. Uh, Bianca Belair ends up eliminating uh, Rhea Ripley. Uh, to become the winner, she went from three to uh, the winner uh, in a fantastic fashion. Although Rhea Ripley did have to jump over the ropes to take the clothesline to get eliminated. Whatever. All is forgiven because Bel- Bianca Belair's promo after winning the Rumble was just, uh, just so heart-wrenching. Did you guys see the video of her and Montez like crying and hugging each other like right mm-hmm. after she won? Oh, my heart. Oh, I love them. I love them so much. Bianca Belair, I hope she wins the title at Mania. It's just good for her. Good for her. Um, so overall, guys, Women's Royal Rumble. I'm going to start with Scott. Scott, what did you think of the Women's Royal Rumble? Bianca Belair coming out uh, uh, coming out as the winner. And who do you hope that she faces at Mania? Uh, thing before I talk about the good thing. Uh, thing. Naya and Shayna running, being dominant in the Rumble when she came in, when Shane was randomly on the floor. And said, oh, as we know, uh, she had rolled out to get a breather. Like, really? I actually didn't know that. I thought you missed another elimination. Mm. But then Naya, they won the tag titles early in the night. Then Naya teases, oh, I'm going to actually say with Tamina, because we're family. And then I'm not. And then eliminate Shayna anyway. So, like, I'm sorry, I had to do what I had to do. Like, no, you didn't. If anything, you should have just stayed with her until you two were the final two. Like, and now you're going to be a tag team again, and it's probably not going to get brought up again. For some reason, why are you two still a thing? Uh, Natalia being part of the final four. Uh, I don't care how long she's been there. Just it was a case of one of these things is not like the others. Like you knew three of these, three of them were going to one of those three were going to win, and Natalia definitely wasn't. One uh, of these things is not like the others. One of these wrestlers is pish. <laughs> uh, she, but you know, Natalia is related to Bret Hart. I don't think she's mentioned that recently. Oh, is but, she? Yeah. You wouldn't know. But she, when Charlotte got thrown out, I liked the idea of like uh, Rhea and Bianca teaming up to eliminate her because there was that rumours of like Bianca being added to the NXT Women's Title match last year at Mania, which would have been good. So it was nice that we came down to those three. I don't get why Charlotte was smiling when she got eliminated. Like, why? Uh, and when it came down to Rhea and Bianca, like, I wasn't really sure what direction it was going to go. I would have been happy with I was happy with Bianca winning, but I was like, I picked Rhea to win. I wasn't uh, annoyed by it. I think this is the most time the final two have gotten in the Women's Rumble since it started. And I liked that they got some time, you know, it put me in mind of 
Taker Michaels in 2007 where they basically had like a 10 minute match to close the rumble and they really kept you guessing which way it was going to go when uh, she kind of got her up in the rear of the torch vision. I thought is she going to flip her over the top rope to eliminate her which I thought would have been cool but and then they even kept you guessing right to the last thing like she does the rear cuts the clothesline then Bianca ducks it and then Bianca gets another clothesline and throws rear over yeah she had to kind of jump but Finally, they both did like reversals, and then they had the final spot. And I really like it when you got like real emotion in wrestling. Like, those moments that you can tell it means a lot to the person involved, like because obviously Bianca knew going out there she was going to win. But I think it's one of those moments that doesn't actually sit in until Rhea went over the top rope in her music kit, and like she got to do obviously the thing we're going to see a lot over the next couple months: point to the sign. <laughs> Which you know it's that time of year again. Uh, but also, yeah, and you mentioned the moment with Montez backstage, so her crying, she couldn't even barely get through her promo. And like, you gotta think that's how most of us as fans would probably act if we won the Royal Rumble. As far as what she's gonna do at WrestleMania, I think it could be her versus Sasha, and I think this is where Bianca wins the SmackDown Women's Championship. Because, like, a year, or about a year this time, her and Rhea Ripley were fighting over the NXT Women's title, and we were like, Bianca's not gonna win, it's not her time, Rhea's gotta to go to WrestleMania against Charlotte. But now, like Bianca, even though she had a rocky start in the main roster, she's done a hell of a lot the last couple of months. Like it was, it sucks that Bailey's elimination got missed. I'm not annoyed that Bailey got eliminated as early as she did. I just wish we'd have seen it because her and Bianca were the main like rivalry going into this match, other than maybe like Lacey versus Charlotte. And so I think maybe Bailey will try and warm her way into the SmackDown Women's Title match, like maybe force Bianca to put her title shot in the light, like elimination chamber or fast lane. I definitely think this is like the coronation of Bianca Belair as like the head of the SmackDown Women's division, and her versus Sasha, I think, would be just a phenomenal match. And it's one we haven't seen before, which is a rarity now. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely makes... Um, I mean, this arguably not only made Bianca a star, but it also put Rhea like, firmly into the consciousness of the, the main roster viewing audience because uh other than uh damian priest who came up uh on monday i'm sure <clears throat> Rhea is gonna stick around and we're gonna be seeing a lot more from her um going forward uh so congratulations to bianca belair uh like i said that promo at the end was just spectacular just seeing her and montez uh just embracing each other at the end uh it just gives you hope for the world a little bit uh and Hopefully, Bianca walks out of WrestleMania as champion. Uh, next up, uh, though, we had a last man, in, uh, last man standing match, easy for me to say, for the WWE Universal Championship that went about 25 minutes as Roman Reigns, the head of the table with Paul Heyman, took on Kevin Owens, who, in my eyes, is the rightful champion, but we will get to that. Uh, this match was hard-hitting. It was awesome. It was so fucking fantastic. Uh, to all those people who were like, Oh, they just did a bunch of AEW spots. Yeah, no, they didn't. They did wrestling spots. And, you know, deal with it. Um, they went outside of the Thunderdome into the actual sort of um, like the baseball diamond uh, area of the stadium. Uh, it was cool to see like a different aspect of the arena. Uh, we saw that Miz just sort of leaves his um, Money in the Bank briefcase just sort of lying around, which not great, but not great. Um and then uh, towards the end of the match, uh, Kevin Owens takes the handcuffs that Roman Reigns uh, first took out uh, and handcuffs uh, Roman Reigns to a stanchion. Paul Heyman can't get the handcuffs off, so the referee 
that um, came out after they knocked out one referee, had to stop a count midway through so that Kevin Owens could get choked out at the end uh, and lose the match. Um, overall, I thought this match was fantastic other than the last 40 seconds. So, uh, Nathan, uh, for your first little foray back into WWE pay-per-view, what did you think of this Universal Championship match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns? It was pretty, it was pretty perfect. I thought that they did a lot of crazy stuff so you can expect from Kevin Owens. He's obviously got a reputation for stacking things on top of things and then jumping off them. Uh, there were some surprising spots. Like I was sure Roman Reigns was just going to move when Kevin Owens did the senton bomb off of the thing. Uh, getting hit off by the golf cart was cool. I know there's a lot of fury from uh, losers that this was an AEW spot, but guys, if you go back, if you go back even further in time, you will find a certain Mr. Kane driving a golf mm-hmm. cart at uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, and man. yeah, the famous story being that Raven drove it got it lodged against some cables and nearly tripped out the entire stadium apparently so there we go with that but so but this was this was fantastic i thought kevin owens was wonderful roman reigns is an incredible villain uh, which is exactly what a lot of people wanted from him other than the ending where obviously something went wrong obviously paul Heyman doesn't know how to use keys uh then this match was pretty pretty on the money i think the ending would have been good if they could have pulled it off with Kevin Owens, not realizing Roman Reigns had got back up and then into the guillotine. But great match. Seeing them go all over the building, beating the shit out of each other was fantastic. And yeah, pretty pretty perfect. Still preferred Sasha versus Carmella, but this was pretty close uh, behind it in terms of enjoyment. So I have I have a question. I don't remember, um, was Roman back yet by the time, like was he doing this thing when you stopped watching? Yeah, because Hell in a Cell was him against Jey Uso, wasn't it? Oh, true. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. We talked about like payback and that, didn't we? Before, yeah, I think you were still watching, we were talking about payback, and that's why he came back and like, won the title, despite doing nothing in the match. And I read those tweets from Rob from the Bronx that I've not heard from in a while. Oh, I don't remember any of that. But like, sure. the, guy who, the guy who angrily messaged me anytime I tweeted. No, I remember, I remember that guy, but I don't remember. Was that when Braun was champion? Yeah, like when the oh, it was Braun and Fiend. Okay. Yeah, but no, th- this was great. Kevin Owens is just simply fantastic, and uh, watching him beat up Roman Reigns is cool. Paul Heyman always adds value. He he, the way he stares at Roman as he does his entrance, uh, it's just it's just fantastic. Like it's literally just me looking at greasy food. <laughs> greasy, sexy, shiny teethed food, and uh, what a match! Great stuff. Um, the show is fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you can't tell, yeah, exactly. Um, it's so much. It's so refreshing to talk about a WWE pay per view that was just good for a change. Um, Scott, so what did you think uh, about the match? Was this match the night for you? Other than the Rumble matches, of course. Um, did 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 the spot at the end sort of? Um, sort of fuck up your enjoyment about of the match or were you able to just sort of let it go because the other 23 and a half minutes were great i, I pro- probably would be match to the next for me it did a lot, a lot better than you thought it would be in the fact that this was the only match sandwiched between the two rumble matches and obviously which is becoming an uphill battle for certain people when there was a place right after our rumbles we found for previous years but i really enjoyed it uh, the, the golf cart scene, given the fact that it was just a, a long shot 
of just carrying on toys on you wonder where the hell is Roman and just I don't know, just uh, just takes away and he takes a full burnt of that golf cart. And I think I said it best on the on the skate guards when like, ah, Roman, did he do it for the rock? Because <laughs> like okay, is it, maybe was it called a holocaust somewhere I seen it's like, what is it about Samoans running over guys who use stunners as a finisher? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just amazing. It came out of nowhere, the forklift, but not enough forklifts in wrestling. And the, the money in the bank thing just proved how stupid Miz is because, like, he was so focused on trying to get a record deal with Bad Bunny rather than realizing that the WWE champion wrestled only two minutes but still has injured ribs. And you have the two on one advantage here. Goldberg's not going to help him. He's too knackered. He's wrestled one of his only mm. two matches a year. Miz could have easily cashed in here and it would have been believable. Also, Drew could have easily won it back before many of it still. Miz declared to not think in kayfabe. Uh, the, as far as the finish goes, uh, I thought it was weird that Jayso didn't get involved at the time, but then I realised apparently he's not medically cleared, which is why he wasn't in the Rumble to speak, declaring himself for it. Uh, apparently, from what I've heard, the spot where uh, the place on the handcuffs where the keyhole was was on a different side from when they expected it to be, which is why it took Cayman so long to unlock to do the keys. I, I probably shouldn't have, but I laughed when the referee got taken out just now nah, and just grab fuck you. <laughs> and I thought they should have just kept sending referees out and Roman just keeps taking them out until he's on he's, the handcuffs are off and by the time he's out there's just this trail of, of referees behind him <laughs> of Thunderdome. Just how many poor referees he's taken out. And I think I don't think the finish is bad because it just went I'm trying to think how famous. I think they could have done with a spot between the handcuffs and the guillotine. Yeah, but the fact that it took so long and they immediately went straight into the guillotine as the finish. Because Roman's did a lot uh, since he turned heel to make the guillotine like be one of his like signature moves. And it makes sense for a guy his size and for a last man stand- standing match, if you get a guy to pass out, then he can't get back up. It's just, I wish they'd done something between that and the handcuffs and not just go straight for it. Uh, like you give us like 30 seconds more and do something noteworthy in those 30 seconds and then do the guillotine spot. I think people may have been slightly more forgiven, even though like people were obviously gonna like make fun of the uh, make fun of the the handcuffs thing for taking so long. I'm just looking forward to all the memes that come out after uh, that that golf cart spot. Well, I mean, the one thing that came out of that golf cart spot that I saw in one of the um, the replays was when Owens went through the plexiglass. It didn't shatter or anything, but a big enough piece of it was left that when he went through it, it like whacked the shit out of Roman Reigns in the face and Roman started like bleeding from the face a little bit. And I was just like, what a fucking champ, dude. He just took that and was just like, all right, I got like 10 more minutes in this match. I'm just going to keep going. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, the, 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 the bit at the end was, uh, was, uh, was unfortunate, but you know, it, it happens. And when you have, I don't know, breakfast sausage, like fingers, like Paul Heyman, it must not be easy to, <laughs> Nah, I kid. I kid, Paul. I kid. Um, but yeah, so uh, Roman Reigns retains uh, according to the record book, but in my heart, Universal Champion, Kevin Owens. Uh, finally. Go ahead. Sorry, before we go on, I don't know what you guys think about this. If you, uh, yeah, I know you haven't really seen all of it, but yeah, I'll ask you, I've seen, uh, I saw Cole like compare this to Rock Mankind in 99, and that you know that Rowan also being the Rock in the center is probably going to go to Mania as champion, but 
you've got somebody like Owen in the Mankind role as this believable underdog that you're kind of like, you're rooting for him, even though, you know, if he did win, he'd probably lose it back to Roman before Mania. But just the way they've, the way they've told the story makes you actually root for Owen so, so much that you actually believe he could win the title. And I thought when I heard that comparison, it was actually quite ironic because I believe Rock Mankind actually had the first ever Last Man Standing match in WWE. Can't think of one before it, but yeah, it, like I don't really think Kevin Owens is going to win just because I just didn't really believe Roman Reigns was going to lose this close uh, to Mania. But I mean, they could have done a swerve with Kevin Owens kind of winning and then just losing it again. So there's always that chance. So there's, I think you always kind of have that belief. And I actually thought when they did the handcuff spot, I kind of thought, oh God, they are Kevin Owens is going to win, but this is going to kind of be an out, especially when Paul Heyman was like faffing around with the keys because you've kind of reached a point where you're like oh are they actually just going to do a thing where Paul Heyman couldn't get it undone in time so Roman has an out but then it turned out to just be kind of a fuck up but yeah, yeah. I think they did a good job of making it seem like Kevin Owens was legitimately going to win especially especially with the punishment that KO was dishing out like and he was mm-hmm. hitting everything it wasn't just like a, he was jumping off the summit and Roman Reigns was moving and Kevin Owens was fucking himself up yeah, I also didn't know that until you just said it. I didn't know that the Usos weren't cleared, so I kind of expected them to jump Kevin Owens at some point. Yeah, well, I think Jimmy is the one that's been injured for ages. He's meant to come back sometime. I think it was it was predicted early twenty twenty one when he first went out, so he should hopefully have back soon. And then Jay, I don't know what happened. I think I say I remember having a match. I think it was against Nakamura a couple of weeks ago, so maybe something happened there we don't know about. Because like, right before the Nakamura match, he declared himself for the Rumble. And then I was wondering, like, when I got to the final three entrance, he came out and, like, gee, this is not going to be number 30, is he? Because, like, unless like, they explained that maybe Paul Heyman pulled some strings to get him that spot, like, it became a weird choice for number 30. Injuring a new so more like Nia Jacksonmore. <laughs> okay. I do agree with you, like, they could have used that as an out, the finish, because it could have helped like, create tension between Roman and Heyman. Yeah, maybe they don't want any, because, like, there's no real logical reason for there to be tension between the guys, unless mm-hmm. Brock is coming back. Like, that's the only reason, logical thing, unless another old Paul Heyman guy is going to come back. Like yeah. Curtis Axel. <laughs> Sure. I remember people talking about Brock come back to win the Rumble and actually I wouldn't have minded if Brock came back to win because he's got history with Drew being the guy who took the title from him and also being a leaving guy. I actually thought it would have been interesting if Brock came back because he has, he has an interesting story waiting with either champion. be nice to have a WrestleMania-less Brock Lesnar. I'm sorry, a Brock Lesnar-less WrestleMania. Wrong way around there. Scratch that, uh, reverse it. Yes, yeah, flip, reverse it. But yeah, it'd be nice to have a WrestleMania without Brock. Just for yeah. one year. Because it says like, like 25,000 each night potentially for WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know if they think that's enough fans for, for Brock. They worth seeing Brock what he probably is asking for. Like, they, were, they were apparently supposed to bring him back for SummerSlam, but didn't think the Thunderdome was worth bringing Brock back for. Yeah. I think it's nice having a gap between it because it's the thing of how can I miss you if you won't go away, Dolph. But uh, like not seeing him for ages, it kind of builds tension of when they are going to bring him back. So you know he is going to come back because of that money. 
Um, all right, so for the main event of the evening, we move on to the 30 men over the top rope, Royal Rumble. Uh, we have uh, Edge and Orton coming in at one and two, respectively. Don't know why it got flipped around, but who cares? It's the same spot. It really helped me out because in a we had a sweepstake going in a Discord group that I'm in. And I had, I accidentally, well, not accidentally, I unfortunately drew number one, which is going to be Randy Orton. I was like, fuck. But then they flip reversed it. Ended up winning an Amazon gift card. Oh, nice. Yeah, I feel a lucky boy. Yeah. There you go. Maybe so we can get thrilled. maybe we can get Scott that new microphone. Anywho. Um, <laughs> number three was Sami Zayn. Four was Mustafa Ali. So you had the uh, the heels all beaten up on edge. Uh, Randy Orton was very aggressive here where he was like, yeah, I like that. Do it. Like, hit him again. It was strange how I know, like, they're all heels and edges of face, but just the way they were all just ganging up on so aggressively, it's almost as like they're all gang, like, I fucking hated Haven. Just beating them up, like, it's a poor man's supernatural, just beating them up. And... <laughs> a poor man's supernatural. Oh, spot on. Uh... <laughs> also, Randy Orton, those burns cleared up really nice. He must have got some aloe vera or something on those. He said he had first degree burns. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. A man wore a mask and then had makeup put on so he could look like he had first-degree burns. First-degree burns is essentially sunburn. You call that bloody, call that bloody makeup? It looked like he just rubbed a jar of jam on his face. It was awful. It was all, and then they healed. So, like, the fuck? The miracle. Miracle of modern science and medical and medical technology, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, speaking of miracles of modern so science, Randy Orton lied. Yeah, it's fair. It's very Beautiful fair. Hit. <laughs> uh, speaking of modern marvels of medical technology and science, Jeff Hardy's in at number five. Um, he got no eliminations and was only in there for about three and a half minutes. Kind of got done dirty uh, because he got eliminated by the next person to come out at number six, which was Dolph Ziggler. He is here to show the world. Come on. I I, I, point, I saw this during the rumble. I don't know how many other people saw this. I tried to point out to the guys on the skate club. I don't think anybody, I don't know what the hell we were talking about. But uh, when Jeff Hardy gets eliminated, there's a bit on the bottom corner screen. If you watch, he randomly gets up and just crawls over the barricade for some reason. Because I'm assuming he doesn't think the camera's on him. And he just disappears behind the barricade and you never see him again. I was like, what, where did Jeff Hardy go? Did he oh, just, yeah, what? Was that him? Yeah, did he just crawl on his hands and knees to the back? Like, hopefully they haven't seen me. So strange. Like, was he standing on like one of the levels of the Thunderdome, like where they were wrestling earlier in the evening uh, during the Universal Title match, and was just like, "No, this is good." This, yeah. Is it just me? You thought there were more screens, by the way, for the Rumble than there were usually are in the Thunderdome? Because I know it's like the Ben Trouble kind of feels for a couple of weeks now, but for some reason, it just felt like there were more screens in the Thunderdome. Maybe, maybe try to get more people in for the Rumble. I think. Um... Since they went to Tropicana, I think they added like a like another row, uh, or two of screens or something. Fair enough. It, it just looked more to me. I tried to. I thought maybe I'm just not paying close attention to the weekly TV to notice. It's hard to, dude, when it's fucking trying to put you to sleep. It's like visual chloroform. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura was number seven. Who uh, he cut a fantastic promo. Uh, the day before the rumble on uh, on social media and stuff, it was 
so cool to see Shinsuke Nakamura like giving a fuck again. And he's just a face now for reasons, which is uh, it's all the only thing I want now is to see Shinsuke just kicking people's heads off. Uh, he went about 22 minutes, didn't get any eliminations, but he had a good showing. I was kind of bummed when he uh, when he went out before like the final four. Uh, mm. Next up was Carlito Caribbean Cool. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Bite apple spit. Um, he was in there for about eight and a half minutes. Cool to see Carlito back. He is in amazing shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, or his new catchphrase apparently is, I don't spit in the face of people who don't want to get COVID. Because ah. <laughs> Adam grabbed the apple, but he couldn't actually spit it. Uh, he's somebody else I really wanted to be here, but I was sure wasn't going to be here. Because obviously there's the whole thing about Legends Night. And then he just came back randomly. He's like, and yeah, he is fucking jet. And then he showed up on Raw. Apparently he's on some sort of trial period, so maybe we'll see more Carlito going forward. I think he's going to be, he wants to be a producer or something mm-hmm. next. And uh, um, probably if he's vouching for him, so. Hey, there you go. Fucking A. And I think we're owed a Carlito versus uh, Shelton Benjamin one-on-one contest oh, again. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, next up is uh, Xavier Woods at number nine. Uh, him and the rest of the New Day had a uh, Brody Lee tribute gear on which they will be uh auctioning off and all the money is going to go to is it his family or was it the uh some foundation he liked i can't remember i just i just i didn't actually notice the gear at first but i remembered it watching back but it was a nice touch because i'm pretty sure like one of them i think maybe xavier's one of them has like gear which features an image of him beating up xavier oh really is that image of him just powerbombing xavier woods i think because obviously they would have fought him and Rowan like a number of times over the years. Yeah. Uh, coincidentally, next up was Big E, uh, who goes about half an hour in this match. Uh, he was also another odds-on favorite, uh, although he got pulled out by Almos or Amos or Amos or Omos. Like <laughs> just because Osmosis Jones comes out and grabs them, he's not officially in the match. Yeah, I'd see. I like if it was just one. Or whatever, I wouldn't have really given too much of a shit, but like he eliminated like two or three people. Like either get rid of them or just be like, no, Biggie, you're still in. Mm-hmm. Um next up is uh John Morrison, uh followed by Ricochet, who oh my god, I just have so many fucking questions. Like if he was gonna be in the rumble anyway, why have him wrestle AJ uh with the stipulation that he wouldn't be in the rumble if he lost? I don't know. If you start pulling at threads. You're not going to have a good time. Uh, if you pizza when you French fry, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, Elias, I think, I think I've, I've heard. But I don't. I, don't, I can't confirm this either way. But I've, from what I've heard, uh, maybe he was only put in there because of Keith Lee not being there. Because Keith Lee also apparently had to isolate because Miriam might have tested positive or been in contact with only tested positive. So that's why he he was there. Also, because I think Keith Lee was a favorite going into it as well. But I agree with you the whole thing with AJ, by the way, because for a few weeks, people were trying to prove themselves against AJ to get in the Rumble. Like, why is AJ all of a sudden the man that's proving ground for the Rumble to get into it? He's never actually won one. But what is it that makes him the authority on the Rumble and who he gets in? Uh, I guess, you know, it was com- it came down from on high, and he has a big guy standing next to him. Um, I mean, listen, Scott, you don't have to come in here with your logic. And, you know, like, 
solid sound reasoning and ruin my my inane uh one-sided rants because i know that vince isn't going to suddenly call me and be like listen here pal we had it all figured out um i'll I'll take my sound reasoning and shove it up my ass uh it would be appreciated thank you uh 13 was elias um and then it was uh damian priest at 14 he had a pretty decent run at 15 and a half minutes um i sincerely hope that they've cut down his entrance i don't need the uh the like the seizure lights and all that other nonsense uh the miz was at 15 uh bro at 16 uh he was in there for 31 and a quarter minutes actually got to tie things up with uh seth rollins a little bit uh luckily we did get to see that confrontation um which was nice because we know that rollins has said that he doesn't want to work him uh but apparently that is now out the window riddle did get one uh elimination he had a pretty decent showing uh going over 30 minutes daniel bryan another um I guess he was sort of the favorite here. A lot of people really wanted Daniel Bryan to win this one. He goes about 29 minutes in there, but it does get eliminated by Seth Rollins. So maybe there's like a feud that will start to brew there between Rollins and Bryan. That would be, you know, fun. I mean, anything with Daniel Bryan, I'm all about. Uh, hands where we can see him, Scott, because Kane came out at number 18. Kane. <laughs> it's got to be Kane uh, in his 18th. Uh, Royal Rumble appearance. Uh, he went uh, less than two minutes because he got eliminated by Damian Priest. He did get two Ooh. eliminations though. Fuck, fuck Damian Priest. I hope he. I hope he fucking has a shit time on the main roster. I hope he's on main event every bloody week. Beat <laughs> that man because Kane came back. He was trying to break the record that he set twenty years ago, and Damian Priest had to bloody ruin it. And honestly, with somebody literally with somebody listening to our Rumble book because I'm not trying to be a dick here, but I had Carlito in there. And I thought, oh, I'll be fine because people know I like Kane. I'll throw Kane in there. And then he actually came out. He's like, I, you know, I could stay in not in my in not sky where I'm the mayor and help protect people from COVID, or I could bugger off to the Rumble and try and break a record I set 20 years ago. It's nice to see my you know. oh, Well done, Scott. I'm proud of you. <laughs> For what? Just for being right about what the WWE were going to do. Yeah, I, I, I know, I know how you feel, Nathan. I'm, I'm sad they didn't have Sigourney Weaver either. It'll be next year. Uh, next year, next year's going to be here. Yeah, it'll be next year's bad bunny. I promise you. <laughs> I swear to God, could you imagine appearing live at the Royal Rumble, Sigourney Weaver? Everyone's like. <sighs> Um, so at number 19 was the man who's here to ruin all of our good times, just as he did last year is King Corbin. Ooh. Uh, he goes about three and a half minutes. Thanks for showing up. Uh, Otis is in there for less than a minute. Cool. Cool. Um, actually this was the thing that I enjoyed about Corbin being in there is that like he threw Otis out like immediately. Oh yeah. No, not. Oh yeah. Otis go. Corbin eliminating Nakamura was just so underwhelming. I guess like Boo Corbin because he eliminated somebody who people actually thought was going to win. But it, I don't see that leading to I thought at least if Nakamura's going to get eliminated, at least have Cesaro do it. Because like, they're technically still friends, maybe. But because like, cause I think Nakamura had become like, an outside bet to win it. Because me and you talked about the rumours anyway, a few weeks ago that maybe it would be Brian or Nakamura facing Roman at, the, at Mania. And now it looks like it's going to be neither of them. 
So at least Brian got to make it down in the final few, whereas Nakamura, like I said, like didn't get to have the most like spectacular like exits. At least, at least the camera caught his though. Yeah, right. Uh, twenty-one fashion icon Dominic Mysterio is out there. He's out there for about two minutes. Uh, the gear was pish. We've gone over that already. Uh, Big Bobby Trashley is in at number twenty-two, and it took Big E, Christian, Daniel Bryan, and Matt Riddle to eliminate him. Cool. Uh, Hurricane Helms, the second stupidest man in all of wrestling, came out, and he was only in there for thirty seconds. And I say the second stupidest man in all of professional wrestling because the way Riddle got eliminated was that he decided to jump over the top rope to kick somebody in the face and then got eliminated. Dumbest person in wrestling. 24, though, is where the real story is, is Christian. Christian! He made his return after seven long years of telling people that he's done, it's never going to happen, blah, 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 one match, one match, one match, one more match. Comes out, he lasts about 18 minutes and has a great showing here. Hopefully Christian is going to stick around. Word on the street is that he has a part-time deal, so here's hoping we get another tag title reign with him and Edge, or at least give Christian the Intercontinental title or something, right? Yeah, definitely. I love Christian. It's great. It's nice to see him back. He obviously didn't get to end his career on his terms in any way, shape, or form. Uh, So someone said apparently he was number one contender for the IC title when he had to retire or something, so... I think Big E needs to, needs to give Christian a shot. And Big E was champion at the time, too. Oh, everything comes full circle, eh? Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Uh, it's, it's Christian. I'll, I'll never forget that moment. Just underwhelming his Todd Christian was in that moment. But literally, like, I, I popped for seeing the hurricane. Like, yeah, he did the exact same spot he did in bloody 2002 with the double choke on. But, hey, it was fun. Uh, and then, like, I think I was the second or so ahead a couple of people on escape call so I'm like I'm trying to not like react too much to certain picks but literally as soon as Christian's music I was like <gasps> like dramatic, like oh god like because I, I did not expect Christian to come out because like yeah. I'm like oh, daddy, I'd kind of like made peace sadly with the fact that Christian probably wasn't coming back and then like we get to see Christian and Edge they didn't get into a five second pose but you know at least they were together with Riddle in there I assumed that they were going to do some sort of five second pose deal but then Edge just sort of headbutted Riddle like in the face and that that was the end of that but i mean the hug was really the five second pose i think we can all agree yeah and i'm i'm really because like rumor is also that edge is gonna go after roman and i thought this dream match in my head and i don't want to get my hopes up too much but if the usos are back soon and chris is sticking around can you imagine lead up to wrestlemania the souls versus edge and christian oh don't tease me please like 2k simulation Oh, shut up and take my money. <laughs> just, just take every single bit of my monies. Uh, at 25 was uh, Flat Earth Enthusiast uh, AJ Styles. <laughs> uh, uh, still out there looking for the ice wall. Um, Ray Mysterio. I'm just saying there's some stuff about it. Just saying. Just saying. They, they make some compelling arguments. Uh, Ray Mysterio was here to put us to sleep at number 26. Uh, he also got eliminated by Almas. Whatever. Um, Seamus. By Almas? Almas, yeah. Almas. I don't know. O, o, o Moisturizer. Uh, Omega Man. The fuck are you talking about? The fucking big dude that it comes out with AJ Styles. Oh. I thought you said Almas. No, Almas. 
Oh, okay. See, the, Edward the James joke, almost. Edward James almost, yeah. Can I have that picture? Edward James almost. Okay, I'm with you. Cheers. Well, see, the thing is, is that um, they used like 90 different names for him on commentary. So that was the bit that I was, uh, I was getting, I was trying okay. to get. But, you know. I think, I think Nathan thought you were having another John Favreau situation. Yeah, I can't really feel. I thought you said Almas. I, was, I don't remember Almas even being in the match. Uh, Edward James almost, I remember being in there. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's he's a big star. Yeah, you talk about your bad bunny. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, <laughs> came out next, I think. Who did? I think Cesaro was next. Or was it? Yeah, you had, yeah, you had uh, Sheamus at twenty-seven, uh, Cesaro at twenty-eight, twenty-nine was the returning Seth Rollins. Uh, which when his music hit, I was like, oh man, I really wish we had just gotten Burn It Down, like when he came back. Like, but now we got to do it this whole Monday Night Messiah bullshit still. I, I believe, I believe it's the SmackDown Savior now. Uh, what the or when he moves to but like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish they'd flip number 29 and 30 around because I couldn't give two shits about Braun Strowman. Like, maybe if like he hadn't came back on SmackDown, I would have been a little bit interested, but like, I think the idea of Seth's music, regardless of which music it was, coming out at number 30, I think would have been a, a better surprise. I know, I don't mean to harp on about like the two number 30s, but like, I think both the number 30s this year were pretty shit. Yeah, I mean, do, is this the worst uh, 30 spot before, um, you know, other than, I don't know, say Roman at 30 or uh, Mysterio at 30 that one year? Dolph. Yeah, Dolph. Dolph. That was fucking tragic. What was that, 2018? Yeah, mm-hmm. when he just... Uh, Goldust was in there, wasn't he? He just like ran Wait. in, eliminated Goldust, and then got eliminated. And it was just like, what's the point? And it was just after he'd like quit yeah, with like the US he, title, when he was like, oh, no, you guys don't respect me. And like, yeah, we don't. Fuck off. And then he, and then he <laughs> well, actually thought he was going to hopefully go away for a while and then come back. And then he came back and forgot about the US title, never mentioned yeah, it again. Never mentioned it again. Uh, that was that was pish. It was pish. Mm. Absolute pish. Um, and then uh, after all was said and done, um, Edge came across, uh, came out as the winner of the 2021 Royal Rumble for the men. We didn't and even as- talk about what they did with Randy Orton. Edge beat him up with a chair and then he, he <sighs> Randy Orton looks super angry and then he went to the back and then he Dude, came back right at the end. For like half you know, a like second. You know like everything they do in every single rumble when someone has to go to the back? I think the thing, the thing about this was um, like for a second I was like oh did he fuck up the chair shot and oh uh, that would suck if like they had something planned or whatever and then they hung on to him and they kept showing him on camera and then they showed him in the trainer's room and I was like oh here we fucking go. He's going to come back out at the end and win. Like, but fucking nope. bite me. Like, I don't know. But uh, luckily, uh, Edge was here to save us all. Um, much like uh, much like uh, Chris Jericho in 2008. Um, he was here to save us all. And he did. And he won. And he's going to be on uh, NXT tonight. He might have already been on NXT. I don't know. I haven't looked. Um, and down. then... Uh, on Raw, he said that he hasn't made his decision yet, so cool, I guess. I'm sure we'll see him on SmackDown as well. 
Uh, he has mentioned in interviews that he, um, if he is in a title program, he's going to be there every day. He's going to do what he can to be around as much as humanly possible. Uh, if he, if they didn't have much for him, then he would only be around sometimes. But since he's in the the big WrestleMania program, he's she should be around a lot. So lots of interesting um, matchups, uh, and I'm sure he has like his sort of like pick of the litter. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, you, Nathan. Nathan, where do you want Edge to go for his WrestleMania match? And uh, I mean, do you, do you think he's going to go one way? And I don't. Know, I guess my 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 question is like, where do you want him to go, and where do you think he's going to go? You know, if those two things differ. Uh, I don't know. I'm not massively bothered where he goes. Uh, not because I don't like him. I just think it'll be pretty great wherever he goes. Like Drew, we've probably seen him face Drew before. Probably can neither confirm nor deny that. But it would have been a long time ago, so that would be cool. Yeah, uh, I think he could have a great match with Roman Reigns, of course. I think Finn Balor would be super interesting as well. Uh, so that would be kind of. I think that would be a very different sort of edge match. There to get him in there with someone like Finn Balor, a more kind of modern, athletic, flippy guy. Uh, but I think he'd do great things with Roman uh, Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman as well. You got Christian in the mix. Uh, also, we've already said like tag match with the Usos and things like that. Uh, the NXT thing, I don't see him ending up on. Are they doing a takeover on WrestleMania weekend? Have they said? No, surely not because it's two nights. Well, if it's two nights, probably not, because then it's the Friday you've got to have SmackDown, and so the other night is Thursday, so like yeah, you're so... on Wednesday, and then immediately to take over the following night, I don't think they would do that. Then I guess you could do Edge v Finn, that would be interesting. Like, it depends if Edge is going to be heel or face, you presume he's going to be face, so logic, it heads towards Roman Reigns, I think I'd like to see Edge v Roman Reigns, with kind of all the Usos and a Christian who can wrestle as well, kind of going there. Also, uh, so I think he'll probably end up going for Roman. I don't know. what I think the NXT thing is probably to kind of tease. Maybe they're going to do it. Give Edge a match at the TakeOver that's kind of next weekend. Unless Finn already has a match. Has he already got a match? Uh, not oh, that I'm got... aware of, but he has like suitors for the title. <laughs> he has suitors. I think it's looking like... like they're <laughs> and swiping on Tinder. <laughs> like the takeover that they've announced to be on Valentine's Day, which is actually called Vengeance Day, I believe. I think they confirmed it, but I think by everything that they've been doing the last couple of weeks, it's going to be Balor versus Dunn. Uh, uh, that cool. I'd like to see Pete Dunn v Edge as well. I think that'd be great. There's so many kind of things, and if Edge is saying he's going to be back kind of full time if he's in a major storyline, then which isn't difficult. Like the shows are in one place, so he just has to stay around there, but. I think probably Roman, Edge v. Roman. Yeah, it seems yeah. like the clearest path to travel. I think. Uh, what about you, Scott? Yeah, I think like you said. I don't think you'll be. You'll go after the NXT title. It's a good possibility. That, but I think because Charlotte went after Rhea and the NXT Women's title, they're keeping that as a possibility for the Rumble winner. So they're kind of teasing you with it. And because obviously Charlotte chose the NXT Women's title, they're showing you that it could happen. Like unlike when like you had to. World WWE and ECW titles for a Rumble winner to choose from, and you're every year you're like, like for the few years that have you're like, he's not gonna pick the fucking ECW title. <laughs> Whereas you're you like he could choose the NXT title, and it would have been a hell of a moment if he does. But I think he is gonna be faced given the whole storyline, uh, then him versus Roman, and a kind of a battle of the spears, which I think is what they wanted to have between him and Goldberg, 
last year. Uh, although I think the only issue is that Roman clearly has the better spear of the two. But I think it would be weird because it would be weird to see Edge be the one to end this like, run for Roman unless Roman wins it back because I think no matter how even if Edge does win it, he probably won't hold it for long. But, you know, I think given Heyman's involved, they could tell a really good story between those two and I probably wouldn't mind Edge winning the title. I know there's a lot of like debate about having a part-timer win this Rumble and a new star winning the Women's Rumble, but like, would you rather Randy win it for the third time? But I wouldn't. Uh, I don't really mind Edge. If he's going to be around full-time and he actually wants to be here, he's wanting to end his career on his terms. You know, it's not like when Buddy they brought Batista back and unwisely wanted him to win the Rumble or win Triple H. So I'll win the Rumble and then I'll definitely put over, and I'll put over Roman at me and everyone will definitely love that. They don't. So it's as a part-timer technically winning it for the right reasons. So I'm all for Edge at Mania and I'm actually looking forward to seeing what he does because like, I don't know if he's seen it as a photo-up of Edge with the match times or how long he was in like both of these Rumbles. His match team with his match with Orton and his match with Orton at Backlash. And like none of these are over like or less than 20 or 30 minutes. So he's not coming back just for the PD. He's, he's putting in a shift. Yeah, I mean, he's fucking superhuman to be able to come back at, what is he, 46, 47? Yeah. Like that, yeah. I know he's in his 40s, which I think is funny about the fact that Vince doesn't like numbers for Mania because it makes it seem old. And yet the guy who won the men's rumble and is going to headline one of the nights of Mania is older than the event. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, age is just a number these days. Edge is just a number. And... <laughs> Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we're ending on a high note today. All right. But uh, yeah, that was the Royal Rumble. Edge is moving on to WrestleMania. Bianca Belair is also moving on to WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair, based on her reaction, already knows that she's going to be in some sort of match because just like it happened the last time, it will be a triple threat, guaranteed. Um, And uh, that's going to just about do it for us here. As we uh, wrap things up here, I'm going to go straight over to Scott McLeod first for uh, all of your plugs and what you got going on and whether or not you've watched a good movie or a show lately. I mean, just give the people fucking everything, man. Uh, well, I thought about good TV shows. If you're in the UK and you haven't watched Parks and Rec, it's recently all seven seasons that went off from the UK and Netflix. So I'm probably going to rewatch that for the next couple of weeks. So check that out. You know, season one isn't the best, but, you know, stick with it. Uh, follow me on Twitter at ScottMcLeod1986. Check out the Rogue Retro Smackdown review, the main show I do over here uh, when I'm not doing shows with these two lovely gentlemen uh, here. Uh, the second episode that I did with James from the Unisputed Wrestling Podcast is coming out this weekend. Uh, it's not the best episode uh, that we, I've ever watched, but uh, there we, we do our best with it. Let us know at Rogue underscore opinion. What name would you give to Bossman and Prince Albert's tag team? Because I couldn't honestly think of one. They're that bad. But if you can think of a clever one, please let us know. Uh, Scott and Paul's Round Podcast at SP Rambling for all your wrestling and Frasier related needs. Uh, Eat, sleep, suplex, retreat. We're doing a lot of stuff with our, our fantasy draft over there. We're doing a new concept of where we're doing the, we're having people paired up into tag teams. Uh, and our, our last season culminated at the Royal Rumble, and I won it. I didn't even expect to win it, but I did. And I was happy with that, but a lot of good stuff going over there at Suplex Retreats. Uh, I'm I'm everywhere, but 
I do enjoy being here with you two. Aw, such a heartwarming way to do the plugs. Um, wow, that, that, that really fills my heart. Anyway, Nathan, uh, what else you got going on, buddy? Tell everybody what you got coming up in the world. Uh, yeah, chap, go back for the archives. So for Rogue Opinions, that Rogue underscore opinion on Twitter if you want to talk to us there. I'm at Nathan Greenaway on Twitter. Uh, Money Podcast drops uh, this weekend uh, coming, if you're listening to it, before the weekend of the 6th and 7th. There, It's called That Ain't Sport. It's a scripted comedy podcast about uh, fake American-style sports news shows. These guys very kindly lend their voices to to the episode as well so go give it give it a listen it's only a pilot so it's kind of more of a concept at the minute but i'm hoping it will go well and it will go forward from there that's at that ain't sport on twitter or just search that ain't sport wherever you get podcasts and you'll see the feed is already up uh back to you jimmy uh, it was nice to be back talking about wrestling sort of <laughs> well hopefully we can have you back on again soon uh next grapple update I don't know, probably sometime later this month. Uh, we'll work things out off air because that's not how things are done in the podcasting world. I am at Mr. Riot on Twitter. That's M-R-R-I-0-T. Still looking at you, Matt Striker. Got the voice. I got the chops. I've heard that guy Mitch McMichael over on That Ain't Sport is pretty good. And he says that I'm pretty good as well doing the uh, the commentary. So I'm going to have to side with the guy. He is from the 70s. Any hoozle. Uh, also, for all of your uh, indie uh, American indie wrestling needs, please go to youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling magic and on Twitter at wrestling magic. Because if you've been keeping up, our last fight show was our biggest show of the year, Kingdom Come Five. It had uh, a lot going on. Uh, we have new champions pretty much across the board, uh, and it's all leading to our next show, The Roaring 20s 2 Behind the Eight Ball. Uh, we are setting up tapings for a couple weeks from now, and that will premiere at the end of the month. So please, ladies and gentlemen, go check us out over on the Fight Network, Pro Wrestling Magic. Go on our YouTube channel, check out everything that's been going on lately, and uh, lots of stuff coming up, guys. So please make sure to go check that out. And as both of these established, lovely gentlemen have said, we are at Rogue Underscore Opinion, and we are out of time. So ladies and gentlemen, I'll send you off with the words of the greatest cartoon character in the history of the world, Yakko Warner, and say... The Good night, everybody. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel-Air. I begged and pleaded with her day after day, but she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way. She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket. I put my Walkman on and said, I might as well kick it. First class, yo, this is bad. Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass. Is this what the people of Bel-Air? Living like, hmm, this might be alright. I whistled for a cab, and when it came near, the license plate said fresh and it had dice in the mirror. If anything, I can say that this cab was rare, but I thought, man, forget it. Yo, home's the Bel Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight, and I yelled to the cabbie, Yo, home, smell you later. Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there. Sit on my throne at the Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs>